Welcome to this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast, where we talk about topics and resources that help you lead more to reach more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. My name is Tom Bump, and I'm your host. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. We are sure glad that you take time out uh, and choose to listen to the KMC podcast. We hope that you've already subscribed. And if you haven't, we hope that you will, because that way you don't miss any episodes. And we'd love for you to leave a review for us. That's always cool to help us get more out there so that more people can hear about it. Today's episode is a, is a good one because, um, and I, you know, yes, I say that every time I think, because I think every one of these are great episodes and I have wonderful guests that take time to share with us. But I really like this topic because this is something that as more churches are starting to re-engage, this is an important group of kids that we have got to make sure we're re-engaging strongly with. One of the challenges that a lot of ministry leaders are facing is engaging with these kids that are preteens, that third, fourth, fifth, sixth grade group, depending on how your church makeup is, it could be any of those ages, but really fourth, fourth, fifth, and sixth grade tend to be that preteen age that uh, as now they're being labeled the generation alpha, they're the 11, 10, 11 year olds right now, the, everything starts to change for them. Their ability to engage in deeper truths and conversations is just amazing what happens. And it almost feels like overnight uh, we get this experience. And so if we're not prepared to engage these kids, we're missing an opportunity. You know, most of us have seen the research that Barna has done that talks about the, the, the spiritual formation, what kids value, what they see as right and wrong is really sealed up by that age of 12. So this is a group we don't want to miss. So if you've struggled with this area, you really need to tune in and listen to this episode. Uh, my guest is very passionate about this group. Uh, we've been talking off air and I can already tell this is an area age group he loves to work with so much so that he created his own kind of ministry out of it and, and launched into something really doing preteen ministry before preteen ministry was cool. So I'm really excited. He's the leader of 456.org. Um, which is a ministry all about preteens, and his name is Sean Sweet. Sean, welcome to the KMC. Thanks, Tell us Tom. a little bit about yourself. Well, Tom, thank you for uh, having me on. It's always, uh, I love any invitation to talk about preteen ministry and raise the the value of of people's ministry to this age group. It's, uh, it's a forgotten age at a lot of churches or sidelined age or just an age that people have so many questions and aren't sure, am I doing it right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, or uh, should they be just biding their time? Um, and so, yeah, so I'm really excited to be here. So I, I'm at a, I'm at a church in the Sacramento, California area where I have the, uh, the honor of being the fourth, fifth and sixth grade pastor at the church. And I also am allowed to run this ministry four, five, six, um, out of our church, our church uh, finances it and backs it and supports it. And uh, 456.org, it's a, it's a resource for churches all over the world who are trying to figure out how to have intentional ministry to preteens. How do you have intentional preteen ministry? Um, so my wife and I uh, run the ministry at, uh, at the church and we've got three kids uh, my youngest is sitting right across from me right now, 
doing uh, doing his homeschool. <laughs> so Daniel, you want to say hi yes. real quick? Just say hi, Daniel. Hello. There he is. There's Daniel. There he is. <laughs> and uh, Daniel's a fifth grader. Uh, and then we got two girls that are that are older than that that have gone through the preteen years. Savannah's 13, and then our oldest, Serene, is uh, 16. So uh, yeah, so that's kind of where we're at. We're we're digging life and enjoying what we're learning about ministry to preteens, Tom. That is awesome. Well, I'm I'm excited because I've heard you you speak at Children's Pastors Conference before. I caught some of your 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 ministry in the past and and have absolutely loved it. And uh, you know, you guys really were some of the first on the scene to to really focus on this age group. And we always start off our podcasts with a with a why style question. And so I'm really curious why preteen ministry has become so important to you. I mean, I think there's one answer sitting across the table from you. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, and you got two going before. But why is that such an important thing for you to to focus on? Well, uh, you know, I didn't grow up in the church. Uh, I wasn't a Christian. My family didn't attend church, um, so I had no. Um, I think when you grow up in something, you kind of you kind of feel like this is the way it should be. Um, so I didn't have that. And so when I, when I started in ministry, um, I, I just, I, I felt like, you know, there should be something for this age group. Um, I, I had taught fourth and fifth grade, mostly fifth grade for seven years in the public schools. Uh, and so I was really, you know, uh, versed, I guess, in communicating with that age group. So starting at uh, the church after I gave my life to the Lord and um, developed my, my relationship with, with God, and I was called into ministry. Um, and so I started and we had first through fifth grade all together in one room. And I just, um, it, it didn't seem, it didn't seem right to me because I felt like I was trying to speak two different languages. Uh, yes. Not, you know, now, I, of course, you can, you can talk to first graders and fifth graders at the same time. And you can tell them compelling stories and tell them jokes that they'll all laugh at. But in terms of the way they think, I had spent seven years with fifth graders, you know, day after day in a classroom setting. So I knew that their minds worked very differently um, from a first grader or second grader. So I kind of became um, discontent with what we were doing at the church. And uh, I don't know how else to say it, Tom, than, uh, than like some people are called to China. Some people are called to, <laughs> some people are called to, to preteens and I'm one of those people. Um, and I just love, I just love seeing what happens when we have intentional preteen ministry. Mm. I love seeing the results of it. Uh, it really feeds my soul to see somebody come into a place where they are starting to take ownership of their faith and, you know, just the conversations, the things that the fourth, fifth and sixth graders say it's just, it's just a unique time in their life. Uh, and I yes. am excited to be there, uh, right there on the front lines of, of where they're taking their first steps into faith ownership. That is awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. And so because of that, you, you started this whole thing of, of a ministry to impact, you know, preteens, because like you said, I mean, you really start to notice, I think any leader that's paying attention, if you have, because I mean, there were many years where, yeah, I had, I had that same group first through fifth, all in the same room, trying to teach them. And, 
And I would always try to aim for that fourth, fifth grade boy. Cause if I, if I got them, I knew that they were the cool ones in the room and, and the other ones always looked up to that and always wanted to be part of that. So I was kind of always trying to be functional um, and intentional about ministering to them. But you saw this and you said, Hey, we need to do something even more intentional. And so you started four or five, six. I'm, I'm curious what its purpose and, and we, you know, and focus and, the scope of what you're doing with that. Yeah. And I think, you know, when one of the, um, the benefits of having an intentional ministry to your fourth, fifth and sixth graders is it allows you to be more intentional about your ministry to the younger kids as Mm -hmm. well, because I think like that, the advice, what you just said, that was advice I got when I first started, like just aim for the older elementary kids and the younger kids will come along for the ride. Um, But uh, you know, we know that if you are truly, communicating and focusing where a fifth grader can, a first grader will not come along for the ride. They'll be lost. Right. And so we end up kind of doing some kind of thing that may be halfway ministering to both. And, uh, and, and so, yeah, so four, five, six were like, the first thing we did when, when four, five, six started and uh, Patrick Snow from Christ in youth, he, he was, uh, he was the one who kind of gathered a group of us together uh, we gathered in the Colorado Rockies and it was, it was really hard Tom. let me tell you. Uh, but <laughs> we, we asked the question, why is this a thing? Like why preteen ministry? Is this a necessary ministry of the church? Uh, and we were not sure who said it first or where the idea came from, but we really feel like God showed us this image of a bicycle. And when you're teaching somebody to ride a bicycle, there comes a point where you have to let go, but you don't just let go. Typically, typically you let go and run alongside because they're so wobbly at first and they're headed towards every pothole and mailbox seem, you know, it seems to be magnetic towards the bike or whatever. <laughs> and so the kids are at an age when they reach fourth, fifth, sixth grade, where they're ready for us to let go and let them start to take ownership of their faith that walk their walk with Jesus and, uh, so many other things. They're ready, but they're not ready. They're ready right. developmentally, but they're not ready experientially. They have no experience in these things. Uh, it's kind of like Samuel in the Bible. When when God called to him, he was ready, but he wasn't ready. And so he comes to Eli and he thinks Eli is the one calling him, right? Um, and if you if you notice what Eli does, it's, it's really preteen ministry. Eli says, okay, I'm going to come sit on the edge of your bed because I'm the expert and I'm going to listen to God and tell you, no, no, that's not what Eli does. (laughs) Eli says he lets go of the bike. He says, okay, go to your bed, lay there. When God calls, say that, you know, here's what you say. And he didn't just let go. He ran alongside. So the next morning, the scripture tells us that he said to Samuel, Eli said, okay, tell me what God said and don't leave out a word. Tell me everything. So he let go of the bike. He let Samuel have this experience with God, but he ran alongside as well. And so that's kind of our model for our philosophy at our church locally. And also everything four, five, six does. It's, it's all about letting go and running beside and, and helping kids to take ownership of their faith. Their first steps of, you know, where it's not just my parents, uh, my parents' religion. It's not just what my parents believe but what do I believe? What do I think for myself? They're, yes. they're at an age where they can really start to ha- they have the mental capacity and process to mm. do those things that they just couldn't do when they were younger. 
developmentally. Um, And so that's, that's what uh, preteen ministry is all about. I love that. Let go and run beside idea. That is, that is beautiful because you can see it. Um, I remember the first time speaking at a camp and it was, it was to third, fourth, fifth grade kids. And I remember talking to them about how, when I was their age, um, remembering how I, I came to that realization that I need to be a Christian, be, not because my dad was the pastor, <laughs> but because I believe in Jesus and what he did for me personally. And it was that realization of like, poof, and the light bulb moment came on. And when I said that to this group of kids, I said, I want to ask you the question, are, if you call yourself a follower of Christ, if you call yourself a Christian, do you do that because of your parents or do you that do you, have you made that personal choice? And it was incredible. The, the aha moment, you could see light bulbs going on in a lot of kids. And I had a kid come up to me afterwards and go, thank you. Cause I think for the first time I get it. And, and I love, so I love, I love that, that yeah. you're able to do that. But I'm, I'm curious, why do you think churches struggle with this part of it? Because I, th- I see some churches really struggling with this idea of, of creating a preteen focused engagement. So why, why do churches yeah. struggle with that? Well, I, th- I think a lot of times um, we tend to see the obstacles and allow those to um, determine our, our journey instead of uh, pushing hard against them. And there are, I mean, there are a lot of obstacles we had. It took, you know, at our church, it took six years to move from, when I first started to having an uh, independent preteen ministry. And that was six years of a lot of pushing and, you know, it's, it's the space. We don't have the space for it. We don't have the, the volunteers for it. We don't have, you know, there's only two preteens. Uh, the list goes on and on. In fact, um, uh, I have a, a book called let go and run beside and one chapter, a whole chapter is just dedicated to all those kind of obstacles that, uh, that stand between churches having a preteen ministry. Um, and, you know, I, I like to look at it this way. Like, I, I don't wait until all the lights are green before I leave my house. <laughs> right? I, I go until I come to a red light and then I, you know, I'm, I'm ready. And then when the light's green, I go until I come to the next red light. And, and you just, and I think if we, if we think of ministry in terms of, okay, what is our end goal? And what steps can we take today? I think we can overcome a lot of the, the things, you know, so I think that's one reason, Tom, I think another reason is really just a kind of a misunderstanding of this age, or maybe a, um, we know they're different. We know they're, and you know, a lot of churches like they're really difficult or they're just biding their time until they get into junior high. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and so, you know, there's so many other things for us to focus on and it seems like such a, um, a challenging age where it's going to take a lot of investment for maybe a not a lot of return. Uh, and I think that is true at first, but man, once you have made the investment and, you know, once, once you have, have taken those difficult steps of pushing through those barriers and understanding who preteens are and why they act the way that they do, mm-hmm. um, the results can be just, awesome. Um, just last night I took a picture. Uh, I, I wish I could, I could show you the picture here, but, um, there's these two girls in our ministry, they're fifth graders 
And uh, they have built in our, in our ministry space, they built this, uh, this wall. Um, like they got permission from us to do this, but they did this, uh, they did this whole wall here with string and they got like red paper and they created an among us character, a character from among us. Uh -huh. And in each of those spaces uh, that they created on this among us character are the letters A through Z. So we've been doing a scripture memorization challenge, like memorize a scripture that starts with A and then a scripture that starts with A and B and then A, B, C, all the way up until you have 26 scriptures memorized. Well, they wanted to, these two girls, they wanted to take their fifth graders and they wanted to take that and own it. And so they created this game board. They created their own A to Z memorization challenge. They came up with the scriptures. They printed like little booklets out for kids to take home. They even spent their own money to buy prizes um, for as people, as the kids are moving along um, and they're making wow. announcements in front. And I look over there and I see kids going over and memorizing scriptures. And that's, that's what happens in a intentional preteen ministry is that they can start to take ownership of their own walk to the point where they're, you know, ministering to others and creating real ministries within the church. Wow. That is so exciting to hear. <laughs> oh my gosh. I just, I got chills. I'm like, that is, that's why I got into ministry is, is watching and hearing that story. That's, those are the kind of things that, that, uh, yeah, I mean, I get, I get goosebumps on my goosebumps and I'm a bump. I know what bumps are. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that, that that's really cool because you know, I, I just think, you know, I, I hear so many leaders talking about how they're seeing those, those kids check out. Yeah. Um, well, I watched it in one of my own churches. I watched the group of fourth and fifth grade just stand there during worship time in the back corner, mm. looking bored, not engaging during the Bible lesson, just kind of looking out the window, you know, and, and uh, it was heartbreaking to me because I, I kept thinking when I was thinking about this this morning as I was looking over my notes for this this podcast and I kept thinking what's at risk if we don't engage these kids right now yeah, yeah. and so I'm I am going to go off a little off script because I'm curious to know what you feel about that what's at risk if churches don't because sometimes we get so focused on well we can't like you just said we don't have the room we don't have the volunteer we don't we don't really know this culture of of kid um but I, 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 to me, when, if I'm going to battle those, I don't haves, mm -hmm. the one thing I do is say, what's at risk if I don't. Yeah. And, and uh, so I'm curious, what do you see as, as at risk if we don't engage this group of, of kids? Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, Tom, I, I think, I th think what happens is that they become bored with, um, church and with the faith it's not challenging enough to them it's not it's not ministering to where they are um if we're not intentional and developing strategies that are looking at where they are developmentally and making sure that our strategies match that yeah. um you know they're they're at an age where the world is opening up to them and uh if we don't um, if we don't invite them to engage in more meaningful and more challenging ways, they're going to find something else that does. Yeah. 
or many kids will. Yeah. Uh, and we know that the, the Lord can rectify all that and fix all that. But I sure would, would love to just uh, be on the other side. Of, yes. Uh, yes. You know, I don't, I don't want to be on the other side of, of God having to fix <laughs> what I'm not yeah, doing. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right? You know, we know the rocks will cry yes. if we don't worship, yes. but, but maybe we should just better, maybe it's better if we just worship. Right. I, I same thing. Say. I think same thing with preteens. I think that yeah. uh, we can really come alongside what's happening for them developmentally. Um, and when we do, you know, almost instantly when we added, for instance, a leadership program for our fourth and fifth graders, when we had first through fifth together and I wasn't given permission to split them out, I started a leadership program for our fifth graders and we saw the numbers. Uh, it, it was like first, second, third, and then for fourth and fifth, it kind of dropped off like the, the numbers of kids. But when we started that leadership program, all of a sudden we had more fifth graders. We started having more fifth graders and fourth graders than the younger kids. Um, and why is that? Because they're not going to sit with their parents uh, and, yeah. you know, play video games while they're tuning out whatever the senior pastor's saying, or, well, you know, it's going in there somewhere, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. but man, to activate their, their faith, to get them to a point where they're leading ministry uh, instead of leaving ministry. Yes. Um, yeah. That. So I think there's, there's a lot at risk. And I, I think, to Tom, that one of the things that we don't think about is like, if you never let go of a bicycle, does it ever become the kid's bicycle? Does it ever become their bicycle? Right. If we don't, if we don't ever let go and what are we trying to accomplish? Yeah. I mean, I want to accomplish that. It's their faith that they, that they're the leaders in the church. Mm. Um, and so we have to let go. We, ha we just yeah. have to, or else the process you know, we're impeding the process of faith ownership. Yeah. I know when I first saw some of the research about how many kids were walking away from the church, you know, everybody was saying, well, it's, it's high school, you know, they're getting into high school mm -hmm. and they're walking away. And I said, uh, uh, it's they're they're checking out in fourth and fifth grade. That's true. It's just that they That's don't right. have, they just don't have the means because mom and dad are bringing them to church and making <laughs> sure. them come in the door. They don't have the means to physically check out, but emotionally, spiritually, they've already checked out. And so by the time they get to high school, then they have their driver's license, then they can go, yeah, I'm checking out. Um, yeah. And so yeah. I, I see what you're doing is such a vital, uh, and I hope more people are listening and going, hey, I, if you don't have something, I think you really should seriously think about that right now. Yeah. I, I'm curious, how do you see, how, how has COVID affected this generation? And what are, what are some of the preteens biggest struggles right now? Mm -hmm. So one of the first things that, um, that we did, you know, during all the shutdowns, uh, it was shut down and uh, we, we closed our doors when, you know, nationwide, it was like, okay, we're gonna take five weeks, which, you know, has turned into months and months. Um, but in the summertime, we were able to do a five-day day camp. And I'm telling you, those kids, it was like like the preteens were being given candy just by being able to interact with their peers yeah. in three in a three-dimensional setting. 
right? Yes. So at one point I, I was out of the room and, you know, the, the camp directors were, you know, they were doing their stuff and I hear just like cheering, like this crazy cheering. And so I popped my head in to see what's going on. And there were three kids on the stage with uh, um, an inflatable like beach ball and they were just bouncing it in the air and trying to keep it in the air. And, and, and yet <laughs> the room was just like electric. I'm like, what, yeah. what's the prize? Are we like giving away a, yeah. a trip to the moon or something? Like <laughs> what's going on here? But even just after a few months, that was just after four yeah. months of, or maybe five months of, of isolation for yeah. a lot of kids there was just this felt need. They had this felt need to like celebrate with each other and yell with each other and yes. play. Right. And I think um, preteens relationships are so key and they're not just taking ownership of their faith. They're taking ownership of a lot of things, including their, their relationships. And yeah. uh, a lot of people can remember a best friend from childhood around this age, around this yes. age is when yes. you you start to, that becomes so meaningful. Uh, and so, gosh, kids are not being, you know, in a lot of states, there are a lot of places, they're not playing sports. They're not going to school in person still. They're, or if they are, they're sitting six feet apart and wearing masks the whole time. There's no like, you know, I don't know. I can remember being that age and, Somebody say, hey, you want a Hertz donut? And I say, sure. <laughs> and, and they punch me in the arm and say, Hertz donut, right? Yes, like like those, those kind of things, uh, that kind of bumping into each other and the relationship yep. and all that stuff, it becomes so important at this age as they're moving away from the mom and dad sphere being everything, the mom and dad yep. sphere of life. Their, their sphere of influence is expanding, yes. um, but it's not with COVID it's, it's not expanding. Right. And so uh, developmentally it's, it can be very challenging for, for kids this age. So, you know, we're seeing a lot of that. We're seeing a lot of when kids do come back uh, there's almost like a, a glossiness in their eyes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And right. it just takes a while for them to, and then they're just so happy to be, to be in a space with other people. So, yes. yeah, so that's, yes. that's one of the things I see right now is um, that's good. really that's intentionally good. creating opportunities for interaction. Um, you know, a lot of times I think we think of, even if we're doing a Zoom meeting, we think if we're doing a Zoom meeting with our preteens, we think that, uh, okay, the important relationship here is between them and us. So we have to present really well or, you know, or, or same thing when they're yeah. coming to service. But a lot of times with preteens and especially the older preteens, if we can facilitate a space where they're having meaningful relationships with each other, um, that's always been important. But I think COVID has really brought out the importance of, mm, of doing that. That's really good. That's really good. Cause I think some people feel like they're, they're not engaging well, and that's probably because they, they, they are focused on their presentation yes, rather than just getting kids together. Um, yeah, boy, that's, that's a good point. Yeah. So much of what we've learned about preteens became amplified when we went online. So yeah. the importance of engaging. Uh, so now instead of us leading games that we think are interesting, having the preteens come up with games that they think are interesting and letting them lead them. Right. Yes. Like that, that was 
like gold for them. Uh, and you know, they're running the tech for the, for our zoom meetings and all this, right? So and probably doing it a whole lot better than we could ever do. Well, well, it's better because we're not doing it. I'll just say that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it ministers to them to be able to, to take ownership of it and it gives them a reason to be there. Yeah. Um, you know, it's mean, it's very meaningful for them when, when they can interact with each other and when they can take ownership of what, what the ministry is doing. That's good. Yeah. yeah Cause I think I I'm glad you shared that. I think that right there, cause there's just in the Facebook groups, I've seen that struggle of interaction and a lot of people have, have just kind of given up. Um, and I, I, I keep saying, you know, there's some of this, I mean, we're going to live even post COVID in a physical digital world. And so I, I, I heard somebody coin the phrase, so I've been saying it a lot, the fidgetal world. Huh. Um, and and uh, it's a funny word, but and it still makes me laugh too. But uh, I was on an online conference and they, they were talking about how every church, and they were talking about from a church, big church, they weren't even talking right. children's ministry, student ministry. Um, but I started pulling the application in for us is, is that, we are, we're going to be living in this world where there are, there's going to be just, just as great a need to have a physical presence as there is a digital presence and vice versa. And so I, I, I want to encourage people that are listening to, obviously just from what you just said, don't give up on the digital side, just maybe rethink what you're doing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Talk to some of those kids and say, what do you want to do? And maybe could you come up with something and lead it? Um, and just like those girls watch them own it, <laughs> um, you know, we kind of just got to get out of the way sometimes. Um, and you know, you I have to let go and run beside. <laughs> hey, yeah. And there's a good book about that. We're going to put the link in the show notes for that too, by the way. Uh, <laughs> so if you haven't got his book, you can go grab that. Um, well, there might be some churches out there that are kind of thinking, well, all right, I, I should, I should start thinking about a, a, a more intentional ministry for preteens. What can, what are some steps that a church can take uh, to get something started? Yeah. Uh, well, I can tell you some of the things that we've seen work um, and I'm sure there's, there's more uh, that need to be, that we haven't thought of yet. Um, but one thing I mentioned already is this like a student leadership program. So starting something where the older kids can serve um, can, I say, not are, not have to, um, because once you make it mandatory, you deflate the tires <laughs> uh, for preteens. Um, so, you know, some kind of uh, leadership program uh, can be great or service program within the church, because that's something you can do even before you have a, a separate, um, you know, it, you yeah. may not have a separate space or whatever, but you can say, okay, open to fourth and fifth graders only is this thing. Yes. Uh, and some people hesitate to do that because they think they have to offer then something for the younger kids. But what you, what you're doing when you do that is you're giving the younger kids something to look forward to, yes. which is always good. Um, you know, and it's better for your younger kids to say, Ooh, when I become a fifth grader, you know, I'm going to be on this leadership program or whatever, instead of going, when I become a fifth grader, I'm going to look like, like these kids that are bored out of their minds. Right. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> um, so that's one thing. Another thing is um, events, having events that are specifically for the preteens um, can be fantastic. Can you, can be great. And uh, you talked about 
you, you know, this whole thing about kids are at church just because their parents are bringing them when they're younger. Well, the beauty of events, especially if you do them outside of regular service times, is that this becomes an opportunity for a preteen to, to say, I want to be at church. Like there's nothing else going on at the church. There's no reason yeah. I'm not being dragged to go there, but I want to go to this event. And mm-hmm. so it's a really big step of ownership when we have events for preteens that they can come to and even invite friends to come yes. to as well. Um, so events have been a big one. And in fact, we've developed a whole, uh, it's called an event pack. Um, and this is for churches that are, you know, wanting to fire up their preteens or do something. Maybe they can't separate them out on Sunday morning. Maybe there just absolutely is no room for them, but you could do some events throughout the year for your, that are specifically for your preteens. Um, so that's one thing. Uh, another thing, I, I think sometimes churches think about their the space, um, but but we don't think about the fact that space and time can kind of work together to create more than one space. So what I mean by that is, let's say you have one room and you're like, this is all we have. So we can't split them up. Well, you can if you do them at different times. So if you use that space on Sunday morning and say, okay, this is going to be our first through fifth grade program on Sunday morning, but Wednesday nights or Friday nights or you know, Sunday, even before service, a half hour before service, we're going to do a Bible study just for preteens or mm-hmm. afterwards. You can use the space. If you've got more time in which you can use that space, it's almost like you can create two spaces. Um, and then the last thing I, I'd say is uh, just the way you involve your preteens. So if you've got a really small group, then you have an advantage in terms of involving the preteens, let's say you have three preteens at your church or one <laughs> preteen at your church. Well, then that's great. Call those three. You can call those three uh, on a conference call or have them come to a meeting and help you plan out what, you know, different things. Ask them yeah. what color should the walls be painted? Uh, you know, what kind of snacks should we serve? Help them. You can help them to develop yes. a ministry within your ministry when you have a smaller uh, when you have a smaller number, it's actually a bit easier um, in terms of, you know, being able to connect with them individually. So, yeah. Nice. So those are just some things. Those are a few ideas. Those are so good. I like that. I like that. We'll put a link uh, to that event pack idea in in the show notes as well, because that would be really helpful. Because I, I just, I want people, I want to encourage you if you're listening and you don't have something intentional to just take something and and start pick one thing that you can do and and do something intentional to show those kids they're valued and and they're important um yeah i love the idea of getting them involved um i i did the same thing where i we had our our k crew uh, for and and they helped us lead worship they ran tech uh they were greeters um we even had we had them even out at our main check-in station and we taught them how to be a greeter and how to walk a family down and to ask questions of the parent. I had a parent stop me and go, I've never had anybody at any church that we visited engage me and make me feel so welcome as that young Is that preteen? Uh, yeah. 
and and because this young lady just was she's very mature for her age and she asked the parents questions she but she talked to the kids too as they were walking down the hall mm, but you know she's like oh you're gonna love our pastor he preaches really good sermons and and you're gonna enjoy that but your kids are gonna have a blast down here and we're gonna have a great time we got our small groups and and so what kind of things do you like in a church you know what you know i, yeah, I, I yeah. don't even know all the questions she asked but because but we had a list of some things that they could and they did it and and they owned that and and it was a great servant opportunity and and the the kids really enjoyed that part but i think it won some families to our church honestly yeah, um because absolutely. they saw kids being engaged that way well i and i've had preteens who've come on the sundays when our preteen band is playing and simply because they're seeing that they go home and tell their parents, okay, we got to go to this church. Yes. Because they see that there's space for them to do more than just be a consumer. There's room yes. for them to be, sorry, my, my son just turned on the TV there. <laughs> there's room for them to, uh, to be more than just a consumer, right? There's room for them to, um, to produce as well, yes. which, yes. Uh, you know, there's, there's the different stages of development uh, that, uh what you know the, the development psychologists have said that nine to 12 year olds are in the stage of industry versus inferiority yes. and what's really important for this age is that that is knowing what can i do what mm -hmm. can i do and yes. if our ministry spaces are um more lecture uh than than lab <laughs> yeah. then they're not really getting to spread their wings and find out what they can do yeah. So we need to make our ministry spaces more lab and less lecture, right? For preaching. Yes. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, if somebody wants to learn more about uh, preteen ministry, can you tell us where we can find more information to check? Sure. Out? Uh, yeah. Like, uh, there's a ton of resources at four five six dot org, uh, and that's all spelled out: f o u r f i v e s i x dot org. Um, we we've got the the book you can find there as well, uh, the Let Go and Run Beside. Um, if you are interested in joining our, we have a Facebook group. It's uh, 456, the numbers, 456. Um, uh, I think it's 456 Preteen Community. And you can find find us there. Um, there's Just get connected with other people who are doing preteen ministry. Maybe find some people in your area and we're all learning. We are all learning yes. how to do, how to do let go of the buck and, and run beside. And it sure seems like a messy process, doesn't it? Uh, <laughs> yes. And yes. even after doing this for years, it's, it's still, it's, it's a messy process, but, <laughs> but that's just the way it goes when you're letting go of a bike. Yeah. Yeah. As I say there, every <laughs> once in a while you trip and fall when you're running beside that bike too. Oh, sure. And, and sometimes they crash the bike and you got to repair it a little bit. And yeah. yeah. Or you think they're ready to go down the block and they're not. <laughs> yeah. Or vice yeah. versa or vice versa. You, you're running beside <laughs> and they're like, get away. <laughs> yes. Yes. That is such a great analogy for, for that age and in this ministry. Um, mm. Well, Sean, thanks so much for, for taking time uh, out of your week and, and sharing with your heart for, for this. I really do hope it challenges our listeners to, if, if they haven't started something for this age group that they'll, they'll get after it. Um, this is a critical age. We, we don't want to miss it. Um, and, and, uh, so if you're not doing something, start with, start with one 
and yeah. and work work your way in from there. Um, but there's a lot of great resources uh, through four, five, six. So check them out. Um, subscribe. Get into their Facebook group. Uh, and Sean's around ours at the KMC, so you can always engage them over there as well and ask questions. And uh, uh, man, we just uh, love what you do. So thanks. Keep it up, thanks, Tom. Uh, yeah, and if hearing. people have if people have specific questions and they want to reach out, we're you know we try to always be available to to help however we can. Um, so you can email me at email at four five six dot org. Excellent. So, email four five right. six. All right, great. Hey, thanks again. We appreciate your time. So thanks for having me. And thanks for listening to this edition of the Kid Ministry Collective Podcast. I appreciate your support and encouragement. Uh, again, thanks for listening, guys. If you're not part of the Facebook group, uh, be sure to come over and join the Kid Ministry Collective group. And again, subscribe and share this podcast with others. So if there's anything we can do for you, just let us know. We're here to serve you. If you need some coaching, you need some support, reach out. We're here to serve. So God bless you. And stay tuned for another edition of the KMC podcast real soon. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. We hope that it's helped and encouraged you. If you would, support our podcast by continuing to share it with other leaders. And if you haven't already, hey, please subscribe and leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast. We look forward to hearing from you how this podcast has helped and sharpened your skills and ministries. So let us know on your Facebook page or head over to kmccoach.net and share with us there. And thanks again for listening to the Kid Ministry Collective Podcast.